Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grossick. It's me a great pleasure to welcome to Viewpoints for the first time Sonia Hammer, who's a film programmer, Greater Melbourne area. Sonia's, Sonia's a First Nations woman, originally from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Sonia established the very first LGBTIQA pop culture discussion group called Queer Geeks of Oz and for eight years produced and presented a radio show on horror and science fiction genre and an intersectional feminist show. Now, Sonia's joining us as the EFFA, that's the Environmental Film Festival Australia's First Nations voice lead, and uh, we're talking today about the EFFA, which presents the cinema the Sovereign Cinema Celebrating Indigenous Perspectives on Climate Ecology, Culture and Custodianship. That's um, on on Saturday the 10th of December. Welcome to Viewpoint, Sonia Hammer. Kia ora. Well, hello. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure and honour to have you here. Now, now, now Sonia, uh, a little bit about your own career. You've done quite a few things. We'll, we'll start with some of, uh, some of your background a little bit. Film programmer, how did you get into that field? Well, I just kept bugging and bugging these um, <laughs> uh, film festival directors. I mean, I love going to film festivals. One of the great highlights of living in Melbourne is all the different film festivals. And when you go and participate for so many years, you think, hmm, how do they get to choose the selection of these films? And being a film fanatic or, you know, a bit of a film buff, I, um, yeah, just volunteered, put my hand up and um, met a couple of people who said, would you like to um, review some films that we have that come in, help us select them for our festivals? And so that's how it started, yeah. Mm, and here you are all these years later. Now, I understand you're a total horror genre geek and cinemaphile. Uh, <laughs> tell us a bit about that uh, interest and hobby in your life, Sonia. Well, it's always been something I've loved, you know. I think probably the first movie that really scared me would have been Jaws, seeing that for the first time, you know. It's not the film that you go to see um, just before summer holidays when you're off to the beach. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty quiet that year at the beach. But, um, look, I've always loved a bit of blood and gore, and I guess it's the suspense, you know, um, the terror I don't know. I find it relaxing, to be quite honest. Mm, <laughs> and a lot of people some... wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, that's cool. No, so um, and then I ended up volunteering at uh, Joy Media um, here in Melbourne, and um, they didn't seem to have any, you know, shows of that kind on on community radio about um, horror and sci-fi genre particularly from a queer angle. So, um, yeah, put together a show and ran for quite a number of years, quite a few years, and um, went from a two-hour production at 11 o'clock at night to 1 in the morning to, um, you know, 9 p.m. on a, you know, more civilised hour on, on a Wednesday night, Tuesday night. And, mm. uh, yeah, a lot of fun. You're also very passionate in the areas of anti-racism and advocacy work, um, mm. and you've done quite a lot across a, a range of fields there, including your discussion group, Queer Geeks of Oz. Um, mm. 
You you must get frustrated at times as well as, um, you know, get a few wins here and there. There's a lot of work to be done in those fields, isn't there, Sonia? Yeah, there's still a lot to be um, broken down. Uh, the reason I start up Queer Geeks of Oz um, back in, well, it'll be its 10th anniversary next year in uh, 2013 I started that, was because it was um, almost, um, you know, it was almost like, uh, sort of singled out of being uh, a geek more than being queer. You know, it was quite funny in uh, the sort of queer circles. If you were a geek and you liked too much Doctor Who, they kind of looked <laughs> at you a little bit strange, like, hmm, really? <laughs> so I thought, look, there's clearly something going on here. And um, noticed that when I went to popular conventions, you know, pop culture cons and conventions that um, – there was a real need, I think, for having LGBTQA plus people represented. And you see so many films and TV shows that had, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Bury the Bury the Gays, mm. where a lot of um, queer characters get killed off early. Um, it seemed to be the way as well for people of colour. So it kind of, yeah, intersected there. And I uh, felt it was really important that, um, you know, we get that audience and be represented and talk about these things. Mm. I think we're yeah. making some progress in that area. Uh, would you, oh, yes. Would be right? It's changed a lot. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I think, you know, I mean, look, Doctor Who is a great example. The most recent Doctor Who especially. I mean, it's amazing. It is here in Doctor Who, of course. My producer Rob Kelly, he's a, uh, as you would know now, he's a, he's a great, uh, passionate fan of uh, of Doctor Who. Um, yeah. and, and so now, Son, you you're here um, uh, mm-hmm. as the First Nations voice lead on the Environmental Film Festival Australia's uh, presentation, which is coming up uh, shortly. Tell us all mm-hmm. about it. Well, yeah. Look, it's been um, over two years now since. Um, EFA, or Environmental Film Festival Australia, has had a in um, theatre, in the actual cinema um, festival, having actual people in real life, you know, coming yes. together to watch films due to COVID and lockdowns and all of the upheaval there. So this will be uh, just a one-day event, but it's a really great way for us to, um, I guess, open up those discussions again about climate change, ecology, And um, having discussed with the co-directors, it just seemed like a perfect opportunity to talk about First Nations issues and climate justice, which has become, I think, a real um, focus point in the last few years. So, yeah, it was just great because we get so many films come in and, you know, when we had the regular festival, you can't always include everything, but we fought for the films that are now being made by First Nations people all over the world, uh, that's really increased. And so there's certainly a platform um, to show these, present these films. And we just felt like, you know, it's timely and, um, yeah, wanted to do that. Mm. Now, now, where is it all at? And we'll get into the details a bit more about the specific uh, highlights, but um, Mm. where is it? uh, How do people access it and what would it cost? Okay. Um, Well, it's going to be held at um, the Australian Centre for Moving Image, or ACMI, A-C-M-I, on Saturday the 10th from 3pm onwards. 
with uh, three different sessions, including a feature and uh, two sessions that are, are part of a short package, short film package. But certainly people can head to the um, our website, which is on all the socials. Um, so it's uh, au, and you can forward slash Sovereign Cinema and um, check that out there or go to the Acme site or our Facebook page. Um, yeah, there's um, a few outlets there and talks about, you know, the films that we've got going mm. and how people can book. Mm. To check out, check mm. out the website. Now, getting into a bit more of the nitty-gritty, I, I was really interested mm-hmm. in uh, language is so important. It, it, uh, it has uh, always been a fascination for me myself. Uh, mm. I'll just quote a, a sentence from the media release. <clears throat> Audience are invited to experience the world near and far through the eyes of First Nation peoples and engage in meaningful conversations about people, place and environmental practices. And there was one word in there that struck me and I thought you might like to um, explore it. It's the word meaningful. You didn't just put conversations, you put meaningful and of course the implication for someone like me, Sonia, is aha there's uh, there's something going on here that needs to be dug a bit deeper in terms of the conversations we have. Mm. No, I think um, <clears throat> it's yeah really important to have the voices of the actual people that are, I guess you'd say are being impacted, um, most obviously impacted and being affected for the longest of time, um, losing land and losing resources. So we wanted to, first of all, show the films um, that are made by people who have experienced that. So, you know, we've got Indigenous filmmakers who put forward their films that we selected but I guess the meaningful aspect is um, what what do we take from those stories that they're showing us and their own experiences, um, and how can we, you know, talk about and discuss that here in Australia and what that's going to mean to Australian uh, citizens and and general the public that come on the day. We're hoping to have a Talanoa which is a Pacifica, or Indigenous Pacifica, like talking circle. And it means anyone on any level can, you know, discuss and talk and share their stories and what experiences they have. And hopefully we'll have, um, we will have some uh, people there from some environmental, you know, local environmental mm. organisations and volunteer groups that will help, you know, get that discussion going. Mm-hmm. And whatever triggers, you know, whatever triggers those issues from watching these films, because, you know, it's a pretty heavy uh, subject. There's some uh, heavy topics in there, um, quite confronting at times, you know. So I guess um, we hope to bring, um, you know, get that discussion going. Mm, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Wouldn't you take a short break, uh, Sonia? Can you hold okay. the line? Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. I can have a bit of a discussion with Sonia Hammer, the EFFA First Nations voice lead, regarding uh, their presentation uh, at the Sovereign Cinema, celebrating Indigenous perspectives on climate, ecology, culture 
and custodianship. That's on Saturday the 10th of December. Welcome back, Sonia. Excellent. Thank you. Now, there's a whole lot of highlights that are going on. I've got them here. I always think it's um, – I'll, pro- I'll put one or two down, but um, what's the highlight in your opinion? Because you've been involved in all of this, what would you, if you could go to one thing only, would it be? And, of course, we'd love people to go to more, but what would be your personal choice? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Easy questions on viewpoints, Sonia. Well, it might surprise people. It might surprise people, but there is one. Um, it's called Earlart. I think that's. Well, I'm trying my best. That's the way to say it. It's actually a Sami um, film made by a, an actual a Sami woman um, who's a filmmaker as well as uh, um, an actual re- representative of the Sami people. And she's a musician, so she does the soundtrack to her films. But she's looking at um, reindeer and her family, her actual family's connection to reindeer and as, you know, animal husbandry and just how as um, First Nations people, because people may not realise this, but in the very far north of this globe, um, what's known as to us as Norway and Sweden and northern parts of that and parts of Siberia, it's actually the indigenous people there of the, of the Sami. And they have their own traditions and language, which is totally separate. They have experienced um, uh, actual, you know, ethnical um, issues, um, their own uh, series of historical, um, I guess you could say, persecution. They've lost their lands and a lot of their identity. But they still, a lot of them will still try and live traditionally. That includes their relationship with reindeer. So they herd them, they live off the reindeer. Um, It's that relationship. And this film, I think it runs for almost 20 minutes, but it's just mind, it's just breathtaking. You know, the cinematography, the, um, the close contact, just the real intimate feeling that you get about these people. And um, it's just a perspective we don't often see um, when it comes to First Nations, you know, stories. Yeah, and and it's confronting in the sense uh, I've done some, I've I've come into contact with some of the work they do, and um, it's confronting to a lot of Westerners who um, see reindeer very tied to the concept of Christian Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, this is very pre-Christian. That's yes. um, you know, these people live in like yurts, which I guess is very similar to what um, traditional sort of living spaces in places like Mongolia and Siberia and so on. But they try hard to um, follow their traditions and not make that big impact on the world. But unfortunately, since, um, you know, the last few years with climate change and the ecology changing and everything, it's getting harder for them to um, exist mm. in a traditional manner. And that's something that's coming through in a lot of the films that uh, are being selected. Mm. It's just that battle to, um, to survive. Absolutely. Now, I couldn't yeah. let you get away with this, Sonia. Um, we mm. talked at the beginning, I talked about meaningful discussion and, and you mm-hmm. segued into a, uh, uh, an explanation of 
the lived experiences of people. And I see there's one of the highlights is from AOT Aroa. And when I look up mm. Sonia Hammer, ah, she would know quite a lot about that from personal experience. You might like to exp- <laughs> you might like to lean in on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we've got some um, two films um, uh, playing at the festival from Aotearoa. Um, uh, Teal is one, which is um, just a gorgeous uh, montage of um, beautiful scenery, which I think most people would um, be aware of when they think of New Zealand or Aotearoa. They think of, yeah, land of the long white cloud and beautiful, dense, green, lush bush, uh, forests and native birds and, you know, pretty much Lord of the Rings kind of environment. Yes. <laughs> but but on the flip side, there's also the, um, you know, the impact of monoculturalism and farming and farming that's done a lot of environmental damage and pollution and so that and Teal shows that sort of splices them so it's really um those images so it's a really interesting and beautiful looking film and uh, the other one we've got is Wind Song and Rain which is a bit different it's not you wouldn't call it an environmental film it's about a um iconic um poet of uh, a Maori poet uh, Hone Tufari and it's about his granddaughter, and um, he's passed on, sadly, but she has taken up the mantle as to become a poet, and she goes and visits the places and the landscapes where he was inspired with his poetry. And, again, it's got all the, you know, I guess all the um, imagery that we think of when we think of New Zealand um, with the mist, the rain, the weather, mm. um, that solitude and everything. And I wanted to include that to show that um, closeness and that uh, intensity that Māori have with their environment and landscape, like all First Nations people do mm. uh, in a traditional sense. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Time's got away from us, um, Son- Sonia. Unbelievable. But, 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 but there's so much more. There's pieces from Canada, Australia, yeah. the United yeah. States. It's a, it's a very um, global uh, approach to this and uh, so many yeah. different things there that uh, people, people can take off from where we've left. In closing, um, what would be a good reason to go to this festival? Um, well, a good reason to go is just supporting um, First Nations filmmakers, for one thing. Mm-hmm. When we're playing their films, they're getting that um, um, chance to be seen and their work to be seen, uh, especially if they have, you know, come from uh, overseas. Um, that's one good thing. And the other good thing is um, you'll get a chance to meet uh, like-minded people. Um, we've all been, you know hidden away for the last two years and it's not been easy. We've had hybrid festivals, you know, on, or online festivals, but it's not the same. You know, you get a chance um, on Saturday, the 10th of December, to come together and, you know, engage with each other and talk and, um, you know, share and hopefully um, get something um, worthwhile from these films. And, you know, I think that's important. It might seem like, um, you know, some of these are difficult 
uh, topics to to be exposed to. But there's also hope there, and I think we just want to, you know, emphasise that there is hope because people are making these films and um, we are seeing them, and um, you know, with that with those messages, we can go out and explore what we can do or at least discuss and, you know, engage about them with mm. others. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's about a pretty good summary of a powerful reason to go, Sonia. Sonia, can I thank you very much for your time and, and your passion and yeah. commitment to, to, to these these issues. And, yes, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Saturday the 10th of December, just check out the um, Environmental Film Festival Australia, the EFA website, and all the details are there. And uh, thanks again, Sonia. Oh, thank you. That's excellent. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. That was Sonia Hammer, film programmer and uh, spokesperson for the uh, upcoming Environmental Film Festival Australia Festival.